know what I think is weird? Why are so many Christians anti-Semitic when Jesus was a Jew? The king of the Jews, in fact. It's a good question. I can't, I can't <laughs> answer that. I don't know. Like, we're, I mean, if you want to go even more hardcore, like super hardcore, the Nazis, a lot, most of them are Christian. Yeah. Why were you killing Jews if you're the guy you're worshiping? Yes, the king of the Jews. Exactly. I mean, I think it's what they say blame the Jews for killing Jesus. Yeah, but they, he was the king of them. I mean, right? Yeah, it's it, fucked up. Doesn't make much sense, but not much does in this world, right? No, no, I'll agree with that. Jesus did have some sick abs, though. Yeah, he did. And that's white Jesus. If you go black Jesus, ebony Jesus, Nubian king Jesus, them abs were those abs were <laughs> they were popping. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, cut sure. up. <laughs> About Korean Jesus, I like Korean Jesus because he's real buff. The only depiction I've seen of him, yeah, but that's another big. thing that's funny. There's so many depictions of Jesus. Like if you go around the world, every religion or every country has their own depiction of Jesus. Yeah, we got uh, Ted Nugent Jesus over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you go to Korea, you have Korean Jesus. I don't know any Korean actors off the top of my head. No, no, I can't think of any either. Oh. Uh, you know what? Before we go into this episode, I just wanted to let, inform you on something I learned today. You might not know this, but apparently after World War II, the emperor of Japan, when he conceded to the Americans, he offered to force the whole of Japan to revert to Christianity or convert to Christianity. And uh, who was the, was it Wilson? Was he the president at the time? At the end of World War II? Truman. Truman. Truman, not Wilson. Yeah. Why did I say Wilson? But Truman... Turned him down. He said, no, I don't want it if it's forced. I think that's who it was, unless it was one of like the generals or something. I'm pretty sure it was Truman. He yeah. just said, no. I think you're right. I but think imagine what Japan that. would be like if he did force. It'd be like Civil War, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably be. It'd be fucking crazy. That would Wouldn't be I guess peaceful. one thing would change all of history and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Oh, there's minor, minor changes made to history that would, you know, every, everything would be different today. Oh, another fact. <laughs> About World War II. Hitler was going to kill himself after his first uh, coup on whatever he was fucking trying to overrun the government or something failed. He was going to kill himself. He was, I think he was only 23 years old. And the American he was staying with stopped him. No shit. Yeah. I, he, I never, I didn't know that. I learned that today. I, don't, I wasn't looking these up either. It just popped out, but it relates to the topic at hand. I thought that was pretty fucking crazy. It's no. like, we could have got rid of the fucker before it even started after his first failure. Because that's one thing like people don't usually over, like gloss over is he did try to, the whole Nazi shit before and he failed. Yeah, yeah. And he Miserably. almost, he Felt was in prison for that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He got in big that's trouble. That's when he wrote uh, Mein Kampf. Mein dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Hitler was like in love with like his like, niece or cousin or some shit like that. That was like way younger than him. Like yeah, they had, they had like a thing going. She was like thirteen, wasn't she, or something? Yeah, and she killed herself with his gun. He was also into poop porn, from what I hear. Yeah, I heard he only had one ball too. I don't know how true. I don't know if that that might be true. I don't know. I heard that's why he was so pissed off. Though. That makes sense. I would also, uh, if you know who should have been really most pissed off out of anyone, Charlie Chaplin. Why is that? Dude stole oh, his yeah. fucking mustache. Oh, yeah, that is right. <laughs> like, you're the most famous dude in America because your mustache, and then fucking the worst dude in, like, the world, <laughs> history of all time, except for maybe, like, I can argue Stalin, but at the time he wasn't considered it. Right. And you can say uh, Genghis Khan, but that was uh, 
so far back. I people were, Hitler was the dude. Yeah, clearly big shithead. And here's uh, I don't know when Chaplin died, but I, I I would hope it was before Hitler uh, got super fucking shitty. But I'm pretty sure he was around in the 50s, so he definitely had to. Well, yeah, I think when he gave that big speech in uh, one of his movies where he was a dictator, yeah, he shaved he shaved the mustache. He's like, fuck it, That's not true. wearing it. And uh, I would I would say that that had to do with Hitler. You'd think, yeah, I'd imagine because Hitler was a big Chaplin fan. Some sorry. people uh, embrace that mustache. I've I've had a few. Uh, don't want to say friends, acquaintances though. Like, <laughs> that, that that would do it on purpose for some reason. They found it like funny. Michael Jordan had it for a while. Remember that Haynes commercial? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the? Fuck? I guess if what you're a black guy, that you don't. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't really. Count. Plus, if you're MJ, you can have any hairstyle you want. He can rock the Kim Jong Un hairstyle. Nobody would say shit. I mean, he get roasted, but nobody's gonna say you know compare him to a dictator. It's funny that you brought up Michael Jordan and Kim Jong Un. No, <laughs> because uh, you know so. Teammate Dennis Rodman. Oh uh, yeah, D Rod. Yeah, he was deep with Nor. He's a fucking weirdo though. He was like crying when Trump met with Kim Jong Un or some shit. I was like, I don't know. That shit was just. It was corny to me. What are you crying about? The guy's a fucking asshole. Both both of them assholes. There's, yeah, that's just a, there's a lot of assholes in that room. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that. uh like how Rodman got involved with North North Korea to begin with, but it it was weird. Yeah, I I don't understand how that happened. He was always kind of strange, though. I mean, he, he was wearing even, dresses and shit. Yeah, but he was banging Madonna, so yeah, it's wild. He, you know what? He was dressing like mumble rappers before mumble rappers were a thing. Yeah, <laughs> my man he's was ahead of the game. Of, yeah, way ahead of his time. Man. He's wearing purses shit. and shit. He had all the crazy piercings, all the motherfuckers have too, uh, and all that. Prince Albert. <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode where we go <laughs> down the wormhole. People actually listen to the, like, how fucked up is it? People, you know, they read the title about this being a religious episode. Yeah. <laughs> they come into talking about <laughs> Dennis Rodman's wiener and Michael Jordan's Hitler mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know. That's that a good start, though. I liked it. Quality. Hey friends, you are listening to the Drunk Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. Spencer's off today, he's out fornicating in a comic book store or something. But I got a special guest today, the Italian Stallion himself, Mr. Dominic Welsh. How you doing, sir? Good, how are you, man? Wonderful. Dominic's the perfect guy to have on this episode because we're talking Jesus, and he loves Jesus. No, <laughs> he's a, uh, a history major. Well, it was. You graduated, so. Yeah, yeah. But you know your shit. I like to think so. Go wax wax (laughs) philosophical on the things I don't know what I'm talking about, which would be helpful in most podcasts. You could be our young Jamie in the future. The production guy sits off the side and just corrects every dumb shit. We, like, look up everything. That's what we need. Uh, I'll do that. I will pay you in booze, sir. I can't get enough booze. Today's episode, we're going to divert off topic super hard. Just so you guys know, but we are doing the top 10 novels about God. This is brought to you by our friends at The Guardian, Mr. Neil Griffiths. That's a interesting last name, Griffiths. <laughs> like, I feel like I got speech impediments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a hard one. Griffiths. But uh, 
Shout out to Mr. Neil Griffiths. I'll put this in the show notes later so you guys read it because I'm skipping his intro. It's kind of long. We're going to go hop right into the books. But I said we're going to divert from this because while we do read these uh, entries, I'm probably... I would imagine it's not going to take us very long to get through these. Yeah. And I don't know how much we could riff on these or talk about them just because I haven't read probably any of these that I could tell. So... We're definitely going to get into some other topics, but we'll try to keep this as least offensive as possible. I mean, if you don't get offended by Nubian and Jesus, you might be all right now. Yeah. What's worse, Nubian and Jesus or Korean Jesus? I, I think Nubian and Jesus gets them. Yeah, that that one that one got me a that, little bit. I never heard of that one. Before. Never seen the Nubian and Jesus? Nah. I mean, technically, Jesus was like, if anything, uh, he would look Egyptian probably. Be more Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah. well, he's clearly going to so, be Middle yeah, Eastern. Yeah, That's where he's but, from. Yeah, yeah. But some say because right. he was, you know, Africa, maybe yeah. he was black. It's possible. Yeah. But yeah, the Nubian Jesus, uh, some people don't like that. I don't know why. What does it matter? You never met the guy. You're not going to meet the guy. Or you might meet the guy, depending on your religion, I yeah. guess. But I mean, you, you might. But what are you going to do? Get there and then. Uh, no, not want to be there. Get all pissed off. I don't want no heaven that got some <laughs> black Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Send me down to the place with the other guy as long as he, I know he got blonde flowing hair. Was his name <laughs> Luscious Lou? <laughs> that's what people would... I guarantee you there would be people that did that. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> evangelicals, I would believe, would definitely think something like that. Oh, yeah. You should see like, some of the Christians not my way. Mm. They call themselves Christians, but they, they hate every everyone. Besides, you know, besides white you, people. How can you call yourself Christian when you hate? You hate and go against everything that you're supposed to be taught. Except for like, oh, hate gays. Okay, maybe that's in the Bible to a degree, but so are a lot of other things you don't follow. What gets on my nerves with the like, gay topic, it's like these these Christians that, oh, they, you know, they hate gays and everything else. Well, it, it never says to hate them. No. It, it says don't. I don't know, involve yourself in, you know, shit like that. You're not, and as a Christian, you're, I'm not supposed to, okay, like, lay my beliefs on you and make you feel guilty for not believing the same shit as me either. That's well, one the, of the most unchristian things to do. Well, like, you have the crusades where you're killing people who don't follow your religion, so yeah. what the fucking Bible are you reading? Yeah, exactly. I would be interested, I wish I could do a poll, but I don't think it would go over well. Like on Twitter or something of people that actually read the whole Bible that are Christian. I people pick and choose what they want to read. In my, from what I've seen, it's I mean, that's what it seems like, and I get it. It's a dry read. And I mean, I was I was born and raised Catholic. I still am Catholic, but I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's a lot of fucked up shit that goes on within that whole. I I want I want to save that for later on. Yeah, we'll get to that, but I I will say there's nothing wrong with condemning. You can be a Christian or a Catholic or a Muslim or whatever. You can condemn the things that are fucked up about your religion. You don't have to follow them just turn a blind eye to them. That's unnecessary. Somebody that we know, yeah, you know, likes to uh, defend everything the Catholic Church does and tries to you know say certain shit isn't true. When I mean, you can't the shit that came out. That was like last August with the whole Catholic churches in Pennsylvania covering up all the uh, child yeah, molestation that's, that's and shit. Up. I, I haven't. I, I've been to church once since, and it was for my godson's baptism. So you can't defend that. 
I won't go back. How am I supposed to go somewhere and, you know, they're going to put judgment on me, you know? Yeah. This guy's going to listen to my confessions and shit, all all the shit I did wrong. Yeah, cast judgment upon you while you're fingering some kid's butthole in the back. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's bullshit. It's fucked up. You know, we'll go into that. Like I said, folks, we're going to definitely be diverting from this list. But you know what? Before we insult everybody's religion, let's let's at least read the article. Let's get it. For the, I feel bad for the Christians that were listening. We're like, oh, it's going to be a nice, wholesome. It's not. You knew that coming in. You know, nah, if you hey, listen it, to this it, podcast this, before, you know that. This religion never goes over smoothly. I mean, that's the problem. You can't have a, a debate or a discussion about it with somebody getting their, like, taking it personal and yeah. getting their feelings hurt. And if you want to have a discussion about something or a debate about your religion, especially say you're going against, like, an atheist. Yeah. The reason a lot of Christians or atheists even, I feel like they, they're both losers because they both go into it thinking they're 100% right, the yeah. other one's 100% wrong, and then they fight about mm-hmm. it, and then nobody goes away taking it. They just exactly. want to spill their message without receiving a message. Absolutely. All right. Number one, again, I'll remind you of the topic, top 10 novels about God. Fucking 20 minutes of ranting about fucking Kitty Diddler priest. <laughs> oh, God. Number one, The Gospels, translated by Richmond Lattimore. Blasphemy, number one. In choosing Lattimore's secular translation, no columns, chapters, or verses, those are very hard reads in my opinion. Like, those are dry. I have problem reading things. Like, I have problem reading things like Homer or something in the poetic form when it just kind of flows because, like, where do I break off if I want to... Right, right. Like, but anyway... Um, I count this as a work of fiction rather than revealed truth. Jesus as incarnate God is complicated, irritable, demanding, charismatic, much like Yahweh in the Old Testament. By the end of Gospels, he has become a man with a deeper confidence in his destiny and yet more of a mystery to us. It is not surprising that Christians who lose their faith in God seldom lose their faith in Jesus. That's a really good point. I do know a lot of Christians who fell out of the, and Catholics, like you were stating, yeah. who fell out of the religion, but not the belief. Right. And I think that's a, a really important distinction to make, because you could believe something and not follow, you know, the core, where, where it stems from, necessarily. And, and I would, that's probably like how I am, and my family's like that, too, with all that shit, that went on but yeah that is a good point that the author made well if you look at christian values like just the you know the morals that you love everyone love thy neighbor take in your you know immigrants that have come from far away land like these things if you just took away those messages it doesn't matter the religion that is just just how you should be as a person right that'll make that'll help you live a better life and a lot of the reason why people fall into religion, to, not necessarily to begin with, because I feel like a lot of people are just born into religion. They don't have a choice necessarily. Yeah. But the reason absolutely. why people stay into religion and uh, why they might find it later is the sense of community that you get is right. very important, which you don't get in a lot of aspects of modern life anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you. Because most of us don't know our neighbors if we're from even normal. Like, I don't know my neighbors too well. I met them, but I don't hang out with them. I don't like, hey, Don, what's – like, I don't yeah. do that shit. Um, a lot of – especially from bigger cities, you don't know anybody on your block maybe. So, you don't have a sense of community. And especially living in this day and age, everybody's glued to technology and shit. You're definitely not getting to Separate know you even further. You know what I mean? So, in, in a sense, religion could be helpful. You know, you're sending kids to Sunday school or whatever. 
and they get to know other kids shit like that. But well, like the deepest uh, community pools in the United States are the Hasidic Jews in like New York and places like that. The Amish, right? Um, to a fucked up degree because I don't agree. Like, there's few religions I'll shit on just openly because again, I don't care what you believe. Yeah. It's your it's your right as an American to believe these things, and as long as you're not hurting anybody, I'll uh, you know I'll respect that. But Scientology is a cult, in my opinion. That yeah, is, I don't I, think that is a religion. That is a cult. But they do clearly have a sense of community, yeah. though it's very forced, again, from birth a lot of times, where you don't have a choice, but you can't get out. I mean, they'll try to fucking that's what kill makes you, you if That's you what makes it a cult. You can't get out. Hey, have you ever watched that uh, special? I can't remember what... Uh, the one on um, the Leah Remini one or the other one? That one. I forget the name of that one, but that was really good. That shit, and it's it's wild as hell. I'm so if she that. wasn't famous, they would have snuffed her out. I think. Oh yeah. Or like not as famous. If she didn't go on Rogan and have the documentary, yeah. they probably would have snuffed her out. Fucking Tom Cruise is goddamn Scientologist. That shit's. That, it's very hard wild. because uh, he makes some fucking cool movies, and he yeah. does all his own stunts and flies airplanes and shit. And a lot of that actually goes to the teachings of Scientology about like no fear and all this shit. Like that's mm. where he gets it from. But at the same time, like. Scientology Tom Cruise can fuck off. Um, Actor Tom Cruise. He's cool. Yeah. (laughs) But also, he was always kind of a douche, though. But another thing that pissed me off, like, I think uh, Jason Lee, who was in Clerks and not Clerks. Well, I mean, he had a guest spot in Clerks, too. But from uh, Mallrats and My Name is Earl. Yeah. Things like that. He he was a pro skateboarder. Fucking cool ass dude. Scientologist. No shit. There's a lot of them that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Though. That's like more like a cult rather than. Yeah, so I will religion. openly shit on Scientology just because. Uh, I mean, again, if you're a Scientologist listening, I'm not into shitting on you as a a person. Again, your beliefs, whatever, that's fine. But like the organization, yeah, I will even shit on the Catholic Church because the or yeah. evangelical Christian, like the actual group, like the. Uh, I shit on the Catholic Church. Yeah, mm. like the <laughs> fucking. Um, also, sidebar. I hate the suppression of history. Like, yeah. the Vatican has fucking sealed documents galore of things that could change the world, maybe. Yeah. Maybe missing parts of the... Definitely missing well, parts of the Bible. Well, yeah. And they, they won't share it because yeah. it probably fucks up the, you know, what they're, they're, they got going yeah, on. Exactly. And it's more like a fucking business anymore than a, you know, than a church. You know, trying to get people to grow closer to God. You I, know? I was raised... Christian, my mom still is very Christian. Like I'm talking fucking super hardcore Bible study stuff. I was raised that way. When I was probably five, I thought it was all bullshit, and I still do. Because what turned me off? Because I don't know if I was a uh, more than any other kid was kind of. I was I wasn't rebellious by any means, but I was kind of introspective, and then I would also look at the world around me. And what turned me off immediately was like one of the first memories I had. Because my mom, we went to a church in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was too young. I couldn't read yet, yeah. so I wasn't able to do the Bible study for the kids just yet because it was like teenagers. So I just sat in with my mom on the main, you know, like the main preaching thing and uh, the congregation. And I watched as they handed the money plate around. Yeah. And I was like, well, why would you have to pay for this if God, like, that didn't make sense to me. And that still gets me now. It's like, if you are a true religion, like, I get a small church has got to stay operating. But when you got, like, 
Joel Olsteins and super mansions and driving around in Bentleys and Ferraris and shit. Yeah. Really, that's that's a hustle. That's not well, like our goddamn. Uh, no, every church around me, every Catholic church around me is closed down. You know how much money I know how much money my family alone gave to these goddamn churches. Mm-hmm. So they weren't spending on expenses, probably. No, but our priests drove a goddamn BMW. You know what I mean? Ah. It doesn't make you know what I mean. When and you see that kind of shit, it, I mean, if you're a priest, you know, you, it, I mean, Jesus even says, you know, it's not about. You know, well, it's, yeah, it's not about like physical, like I don't know, but you know, it's not about jewelry. It's not about this shit and that. It's it's about you know your faith. Well, that's and why Jesus took in the poor. loving people, this and that, and that's not what priests do. Though they're driving around in Bentleys and shit. Well, when you have churches and priests and preachers turning away people because they don't have enough money, or say like a homeless person walks in, they won't let them join, or they'll you know be really really shitty to them so they won't come back because you know they're not gonna give any money and stuff isn't jesus you know you take in the poor isn't that the whole christianity i never understood like joel olstein when they had the uh hurricane right and then all the flooding and they wouldn't let anybody safeguard there like they wouldn't let anybody in the mega church because you know you can't have poor people in your mega church gotta pay by the way i don't know if you ever looked at the price i think it was like minimum thousand dollar ticket to that Oh, well, fucking yeah. churches cost a thousand dollars to get in on a Sunday. Yeah, and they put on a show. Pretty much, it's yeah, that's what it's, it is. It's a show. Yeah. All right, let's get to back to this list. Yeah. Number two, this is on my list. I have not read it yet, but I definitely want to. I only read one Dostoevsky thing, and that was the Notes from the Underground. I just it's a time matter. That's all it really comes down to because they wrote some. Right. They all just Russians wrote some big ass books. <laughs> oh yeah. And I feel like you have to read them Shit. in the winter. I don't know why. <laughs> Russia, man. Yeah. I, I feel the same. Anytime I even hear Russia, um, I it's think cold. of snow, man. I think the worst goddamn winter possible. <laughs> Which makes no sense because they have summer. I mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Number two, The Brothers Karamazov by Fedor Dostoevsky. The first God is Dead narrative. And Ivan Karamazov is, a, it, it is its storyteller. In the chapter Mutiny, he explains to Aloysia, his younger brother and novice monk, why he is returning his ticket to the present at the end of time when all those who have suffered are finally redeemed. Focusing on reports of the torture and murder of children with a kind of aesthetic glee, he asks Aloysia whether he himself would make a world that ends with universal love at the cost of a single child's suffering. It is the question all believers must ask themselves and then live with the answer. I feel like if anybody should be able to speak on religion and what it means to follow the word of god and how you should live as a christian catholic whatever your religion it's the russians in the 1800s because those motherfuckers lived through some shit well even in the obviously past world war or world war ii world war one too yeah they just they just hammered hammered everybody's poor you just most miserable conditions so i could really really see where he would be coming from with this point oh yeah absolutely i never read this book either and i uh on the really, list <laughs> really, yeah i i gotta read it in its entirety now because just reading this little caption about it was uh as far as russian literature goes i have a list of what i need to read and um i have them i just haven't gotten like i said i haven't gotten to them but again like i said also you know it's kind of winter time maybe like you need to right. move because i'm not happy summer i don't want to read this kind of shit yeah exactly but uh I have um, Anna Kreninen. That's the first one I'm going to read. I have War and Peace, and I have The Brothers Karamazov. 
and I already read notes from the underground. And I think that's all I want to touch on with Russian literature. I don't want to really go beyond that because right. Russians were amazing writers, but they uh, it's depressing. Yeah, it is. You, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, it's depressing, like, and also it's hard for me to relate because, again, I'm not a religious person. And uh, I, I definitely like the themes and what they're talking about. And I'll get into it a little later, probably at the end of this list. But they are religious books I have read that I really enjoyed because even as like somebody that's not a religious person, it's the morals, the themes, yeah, um, just the how you're supposed to live as a person and as a kind, caring human being. Those usually come across in these kinds of things. or how fate can uh, be so cruel. How you know the suffering yeah. of man, children, women. I uh, read a little like summaries and stuff on this one because it. Like I said, it caught my attention and, you know, search for truth about man, life, and God is, like, one of the deeper meanings of this. I thought it was cool, though. You got, like, four brothers in this. Mm -hmm. Three legitimate ones and then one illegitimate one. Yeah. Like, Ivan, uh, an atheist. atheist That's a good opposing view to have. You have to have that if you're telling this kind of story. You got Dimitri, who's an emotional lover of women uh you got i don't even want to say that aloysia is the uh hero or christian mm-hmm. and then the illegitimate brother I, i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name twisted <laughs> illegitimate <laughs> child that uh is treated as a family servant <sighs> so that's like the four main that's almost a good of anal- a good analogy of how some religious religions treat people who yeah. aren't who don't follow their beliefs Right. Well, you're only good to be our slave, our servant, our serf. Yeah. They just throw you on. Like, they don't they don't care about you as a person anymore because you're not a person to them. Just because you – and I feel like in, you know, 2019 America, that those feelings on any side of the spectrum, political oh, yeah. or religious, are very strong. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of hate. In in this country right now, there's a lot of hate. It's a, it's a pretty bad It's unwarranted time. in my and, opinion. Yeah. And they – I don't know. It's a fuck. I mean, it's a goddamn shame. It's but. no, it's no secret that I'm not a Trump supporter, right? But if you just, if you, if you were a Trump supporter or just a hardcore conservative, and we don't have anything in common, but you're just a decent person, though. Yeah, I'm not gonna hate you. No. There's, just, I mean, you could have a different beliefs. You can right. believe something different. I'm not gonna say you're racist just because you like Trump. Yeah, but if you say some racist shit, okay, then, then you're. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you know, a super hardcore Catholic, you follow, you know, Ash Wednesday, everything, Lent, all that yeah. stuff, and you go super hardcore, I'm not going to judge you for doing that, even if I don't believe it, because, that, you know, like I said before, that's your right, and that's your religion, that's fine. But if you're all of a sudden treating me different because I don't do that stuff, yeah. well, then we got a fucking problem. Yeah. that's And that's what we're seeing a lot of. You, you have friends- they were friends their entire lives over the last election, though. That broke up. Yeah, they broke up families. Yeah, shit like that. People won't go home for Thanksgiving because fucking Orange Man won the election. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Somebody you probably never gonna meet in your life. Yeah, exactly. And something that's it's not gonna. I mean, he might get he might get another term, but like it's not gonna last forever. It's not yeah, gonna it's be, gonna end sometimes. As long yeah, as the world's and, still here. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I just. I get where some people are coming from with with this shit, but how much has your life really changed since 
Yeah, if you really think about it, unless you're living in a place where, Where, okay, like if you lived in the South somewhere, yeah, and uh, you're a gay black man, yeah, maybe some shit is going bad for you. I understand. I definitely feel for you. I guess I shouldn't say like that because not everybody's getting, yeah, you know, not every. If you're living in California, I mean, come on, or uh, you know, some people got deported. Yeah, there's. I mean, some people are definitely affected from them, but at the same time. I mean, you go out anywhere in the Midwest, go to New York City, California, even in Pennsylvania. How much has it changed? You might see more hate on an individual basis, but you're st- again though it also changes though, like say like the abortion laws and things like that. Yeah, that is true too. Yeah, you're right. um, uh, you can't really blame Trump for that though. I mean, that wasn't necessarily his doing, even if he supported it. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, obviously, I, I feel the attitude in America is definitely not doing well. <laughs> like it's uh like just the hate and stuff. What are you doing, buddy? My dog got involved real quick. He just wanted to lick Dom's elbow. I thought he wanted to say something. <laughs> He's like, hey, he has before. He gone. He's just like, woo. Get his red flare on. <laughs> no, and I'm not gonna expound on this uh, topic because it's taken away from what we're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole nother we episode. Talk about for that. That. We could talk about this shit all night. Yeah. Seriously. Number three, Roger's version by John Updike. I have not read any John Updike. He's on my list. Um, I would like to. I would definitely want to check out some of his work. But Roger's version. Roger Lambert, former Methodist minister, aging theology professor, a disciple of Karl Barth, is a curmudgeon, adulterer, and consumer of pornography. I like this story already. <laughs> Dale Kohler is a graduate student, evangelical Christian, and computer scientist. The latter thinks he can discover God through mathematics. You have a couple of things really working for this story. Yeah, you have pretty, the, pretty much what we consider the fake minister. Yeah, I mean you're not you're you're not following what you're preaching. Yeah, so I like that aspect. But then you got the scientist Christian. That's always cool in my opinion because it's almost like are you trying to well I clearly says you're trying to find God through science. Yeah, that's a very interesting aspect because usually we separate religion and science and. See, it's funny though because, not to go all historical and shit, but like in the intro- introduction that uh, Neil Griffiths wrote, Griffith. I can't, I can't say. Uh, he talks about the Enlightenment and how like the narrative of God in everyday life is kind of kind of started to change, mm-hmm. like the whole you know the whole God is dead narrative and uh, really showing like the science start came of, like, became a- the forefront. Atheism, uh, yeah, that and but before that, you Christians developed science. Yeah, and that's what that's what's crazy about living today, where you have people that think it should be separated, mm-hmm. and really it should go hand in hand, but it doesn't. <laughs> I was shaking that fucking thing to get it out. Will you squeeze it? Is that yeah, what it is? The, you got it. You got it to pour like water. I had to shake it. I don't know how I did it. Dom brought this sweet uh, Hornitos tequila, but he brought it from Mexico, and they have different lids. Like they have these like weird. It's almost like a not a bar pour. It's like a sports bottle kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it's like it drips. But you like squeezed it somehow. Or I, I don't know what you did. I have no idea. How I was like that, fucking but, shaking uh, it like my wiener after a night of beer, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to get the juices out. But I don't know. This tequila tastes better than like really some good. that you'd buy. Here. Yeah, Hornitos in uh, Pennsylvania suck, but these, this is really good. The last bottle of that shit that I bought was was terrible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I don't uh, remember what you're talking about. Oh sorry. yeah. This, uh, <laughs> 
Christians develop in science, and then after oh, the right. Enlightenment, or like during the Enlightenment, is when it got separated. But yeah, what I actually find really interesting too is uh, if we want to talk about our Muslim friends, they're you know we always talk about uh, certain demographics in the United States always talk about how Muslims have reverted back to Stone Age culture. You know, women are wearing burqas and throwing rocks at stone and people were gay and things like that. And to agree, that is true because look at the seventies in the middle East, a lot of these countries were very progressive. Women didn't, they, you know, they look like women now, but now obviously the burkas and all that shit, but, um, the most, which is often overlooked. Um, and I think it might have something to do with the religious aspect is what's really overlooked is that a lot of science was developed from Muslims originally. Yeah. Like the mathematics, uh, astronomy, so many things we credit to actual religion. Yeah. And uh, like you said, at some point it's separated. And now you can't, you know, you can't believe in climate change because it goes goes against your religion. Yeah. But why does it have to? Well, that that's what, it, that's what I'm saying too. Like why? Okay, why can't Christianity and Islam coexist? You know what I mean? I, I mean, to an extent, I get it. it like Different views, but at the same time, you're still worshiping a god and... I mean, not Christianity and Buddhism yeah. coexist. So why the fuck can't those... I don't know. It, you know, there's some shit. But it ain't never going to change, but... I, no, that's not likely. Should, I mean, but, I mean, if we if we got that to happen, I mean... That would be might world be, There peace. might be world peace, yeah. <laughs> there would be. The media doesn't seem to want that, but that's, a, again, episode. That's another day but, topic. Yeah. Words I said in yeah. out of order like a retard. I can't say that word either. Shit. Fucking up. I didn't even catch it. I said the R word. can't say the R word. Uh, See, back in my day when I was a young man, we called people retards that weren't mentally challenged, and we called mentally challenged people by their name. But now you can't do any of those things. You got to treat everybody special. Yeah. I find that on Twitter all the time that it infuriates me because everybody's biography, you know, disabled, HDHD. Like, yeah. why do you want to label yourself? Yeah, Whether exactly. it's a victim or not, I I have, you know, everybody has issues, but that, like, I don't I want people to know my problems. Well, you, then you have everybody always posting on Facebook and shit. And it's like, hey, if you're depressed, if you have anxiety. You reach out like for that. help or something. I understand and, that. And I, like, hey, make sure you get help. If you need somebody to talk to, I'll, my you know, problem I'll, is what you're probably going to touch on attention. I do not post the shit on Facebook and tell me how depressed you are because you aren't, de- like, you know, like, I've seen people that were truly yeah. depressed. Like, I'm talking crippling fucking depression. There's a difference between and attention they can't and move, depression. Let alone you go, you see these people posting shit every two minutes, talking about how they're so depressed and they're gonna go kill themselves. And there's a million comments, and it's like, you know, I've I've had friends kill themselves and shit yeah. like that. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'll I'll call the suicide hotline if you're gonna post that shit. On well, that's Facebook. what I'm saying. Yeah, I call the cops to your fucking house, house, and then yeah. what? And then you get mad, and then yeah. you want somebody call the cops. Yeah, you said you were going to kill yourself. Yeah, That's a fucking red flag. Exactly. If you didn't mean it, I mean it's. I guess it's hard to judge that because you don't know where people are in their you know mental space. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm pretty good at spotting people you know looking for attention. Uh, yeah. For same instance, uh, you post that thing. Usually, people you don't reply to the people that are replying to you. Like that's you just post. That's your cry for help. Yeah. But when you're replying to everybody and all this shit. 
again, I can't judge you. Maybe you do have something, and that's yeah. your first initial trying to reach. Because I don't want to sound like a dick either. There's yeah, people that do go on there. And it's a post, fine line, but yeah. everybody knows the people that every week they post. Oh, and those are the same people that post. You know. They go to the hospital because they have ingrown toe, but they just post that vague picture of them in the hospital looking miserable. Yeah. And then they don't say anything. Yeah. They don't expound upon it. They don't, you know, expand upon it. They just go, you know, the picture's there and that's it. And then they want to, what happened? They revel in that attention. Yeah. I find that on Twitter all the time. People's bios, their whole thing is being a victim of something. And, like, that's one of the few things where I will agree with, like, the right side, you know, the conservative views of, uh, because I have nothing against conservatives, but they do have a lot of douchey views in like, oh, regards yeah. to empathy. Right. But with that one, it is an attention thing. Like, like you're labeling yeah, yourself. You exactly. Know, okay, you're gay, well, you're trans, but yeah. it, unless you're tr- actually fighting for the rights, why do you have to point it out so much? Yeah, that and uh, like like you were saying, with like if you have a disability, uh, I mean, I have no disabilities that I know of. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't have ADHD or anything like that, but uh, why do you want it to be like a crutch, you know, in life? Like, yeah, why do you want to broadcast? Yeah, it? exactly. There's uh, a difference between bringing awareness to it and just uh, like you said, it, a crutch. And it's like if you, okay, if you do have it, like my my brother has ADHD, mm-hmm. but uh, he never like, oh, I failed the test because I have. Yeah, it doesn't blame that attention deficit. You know what I mean? Or uh, if. Just shit like that. We know it's the big one. Autism. Well, everybody's autistic now. I have a cousin. He's autistic, and my aunt and uncle don't ever use it as an excuse for yeah for him. He he plays sports. He does really well. If you're severely autistic, that's different. Yeah, but I know so many people who all of a sudden they were you know never said anything about it before, and now it's a hot topic. Yeah, they they claim autism. And they use that almost as an excuse where they use that as an excuse for, uh, you know, they failed out of school or something because yeah. they fucking partied all the time. Well, you know, I got my, I got all, I got Asperger's, so I can't, you know, I have problem focusing or socializing. It's like you drank all through college and got high all the time. I mean, maybe, you know, autism can push you in certain directions you might not go in. Yeah. But there's plenty of people, if you got functioning autism, it's not an excuse. Yeah, exactly. And think about autism's always been around. Yeah. We've is. only recently started diagnosing it. So through history, look how many people that were probably autistic succeeded and didn't you know have anything to or, and that goes with any like major yeah. uh well not major but like minor disability. Yeah. Like, absolutely. oh I got a gluten allergy. So like, do you have a gluten allergy? Okay, that's well, fine. Well, another one's diabetes too. Like uh diabetes is serious and everything. Like I'm not you know, but like People just like they use it as an excuse for shit, like to be like an asshole sometimes. Yeah, and like then you have uh, the worst ones are the ones that drink on top of it, and then try to use like that they're oh they're drinking because they're diabetic and it doesn't that make doesn't sense. Even make sense. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and you're kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you shouldn't be drinking because I've heard people do that. Oh, I'm drinking my Stonies today because I'm diabetic. It's like, well, stop drinking, dude. Just stop drinking in general. My grandfather has it. <laughs> He doesn't drink. He drank for fucking 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> he stopped one day. My dad doesn't drink because he has diabetes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So, they, I don't know. It's I, a crazy world. I, I don't I just don't get the victimhood of certain things. Even if it's not victimhood, just having to have a label on yourself. Because it used to be everybody wanted to be independent. Didn't want to have a label. 
Yeah. You didn't want people, you get mad if somebody called you something that you weren't, or even if you were that, you didn't want to identify it as yeah. it may be. Now it's like you want to identify any single problem you have. Again, it's one thing you're just embracing yourself. That's fine. Yeah. But there's another thing when you're broadcasting it to everybody to get sympathy. Yeah. To get absolutely. attention. Yeah. There's, there's a difference, you know, like some, like my, my, uh, like if you, somebody puts on, they're diagnosed with, uh, cancer or something like that like obviously mm-hmm. that's not for attention i don't want to make it sound like i'm ripping on yeah that's people a- that are you know just like making people aware of their situation and shit like that because i am very remorseful too yeah <laughs> but uh i just don't like it. attention seeking it's hard especially with social media culture because again you don't know where people are in their life so it's very hard to call bullshit because yeah. you don't know it's bullshit yeah. or not but, like, I, I keep using Twitter as the example because it's most blatant on there for me, like, when yeah. I see it. Because um, I used this example uh, on a podcast not long ago about the exact thing I'm talking about. And I think it's probably a better example than what we probably brought up. We drunkenly shoehorned in, like, you yeah. know. But um, a lady on Twitter posted that the, it was the worst day of her life because her husband just died of a heart attack that morning. And instead of instantly just feeling bad for her, I first thing I thought was, why are you posting this on Twitter? Because in my mind, it's like, why would you post that on Twitter? Now, I tried to think from her perspective. Okay, maybe this lady doesn't have a lot of friends or family in her personal life. And her family, you know, she that's what she has is Twitter. She's mm-hmm. on there all the time. That's her following. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But then I looked on her profile and it was like all day, like literally probably right after that guy died. 10, 20 fucking tweets about different things. Oh, man, I can't believe this happened to me. Didn't happen. You happened to your husband. This, Yeah. But I'm and just thinking, like, what do you do? I mean, there's coping mechanisms, but are we using social media as the crutch now? Because yeah. we don't want to internalize and deal with those problems and those feelings that we have. So instead, we just throw it out there for other people to absorb. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I agree. I think social media is becoming a crutch, and I believe it's becoming more of like a, an epidemic to an extent. It like it's de- an addiction. People need to real like and reel it back. Like yeah. if your husband just died, you, you shouldn't you ever be on seen social media. Post uh, pictures of a loved one that literally yeah, died seconds ago. That's always fucked up. I don't understand that. Who the fuck would be thinking? I'm gonna pull out. A- my phone and take a fucking Show this picture. on Facebook for people to look at. I've seen people do that and it makes me fucking sick to my stomach. And then, uh, have it like, or at a funeral, people do it. Somebody did that at like my best friend's funeral. Thing. At least, like, it, a respect it, it was issue, like, you know? Yeah. And it, it, I was fucking pissed off when I saw that. And it was somebody that, like, barely knew him at all. They posted a picture and it's like for attention, you know? Yeah. You, you barely knew him. Oh, I'm so sorry. That it, kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of shit like that pisses me off to the fullest the, extent. The optimist in me likes to think that we, because the social media, it's not old. I mean, it's brand new in human history. We've never had communication abilities like we do now. Right. So I'd like to think that we are just in the early stages of clumsily going through it. Yeah. So with Hopefully. any new technology, mm-hmm. you don't, I mean, the first fucking car had a boat or like that's how it was. Yeah. there was no wheel yeah. it was like how you would fucking steer a boat yeah so, that's pretty yeah you're right that's, yeah that's so i mean new technology you're gonna have an odd way of um 
you know, going through that and learning it as a culture and society. And it's so rapid now, like yeah. the growth of technology that we just can't keep up. So when Instagram comes out, of course, everybody's going to take pictures. of their, They don't have any. You just take pictures of what your life is. Yeah. Oh, I'm eating. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking a shit. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, take exactly. pictures of these things. Yeah, People might like sure. it. I don't know. Yeah. That's why everybody sends dick pics because you never could before. <laughs> you know, what did you do in the 70s? You fucking got one of those big reels, took a video of your dick, sent it to somebody, they set it up, and then they fucking put on the old black and white film to show your wiener for ingrainy footage on the wall in your grimy basement. Like, that's what it was. Oh, how did we get on dick pics in the 70s, man? I don't Shit. know, especially in a religious episode. Let's, let's get back on topic. Oh, that, that was good. Well, well, we'll lump the technology episode for another one. I've been wanting to talk about that, but I just... Uh, Dude, there's so many topics. Yeah. We, I'm like sitting there... <laughs> after we first talked about me coming on, I'm like, what, what, what the hell are we going to talk about, you know? And uh, you could talk about so much shit. Though. Yeah, I know. Endless. We can. I know that. For okay. sure. All right, number four, Earthly Powers by Anthony Burgess. This is the one you were most interested in, right? Yeah, yeah. I really like this one. At the cent- oh, this guy must be British. He spells center with yeah. R E. There's a lot of them. Makes them fancier. Well, where's the one word? It, it's like organization or something. It's like, we spell it with like a Z. They spell and it it's, S. Yeah, it's an S. And uh, I saw a tweet about that. It was, well, it was a meme, but it, was, it started as a tweet. Some guy was correcting somebody. No, it wasn't. I actually read this live. It was on a sports thing. And I think it was organization was the word, and somebody spelled it with an S. And the guy's like, you can't spell organization because you're fucking stupid. When, How are you going to comment on this or something? And then the guy was like, well, I'm fucking British, so well, you're... I, I'm pretty sure a professor corrected one of my papers and, like, said it was a misspelling. I spelled color with a U. And it was, like, pretty much an accident. It was just because, uh-huh. like, the what I was writing on, you know, the author well, must have been British, you know what I mean? It just happens, so, yeah. And it, it just kind of happened like that. And they corrected it. I'm like, well, still correct. Well, I'm like, well, technically, it's still correct. We speak English. Well, so yeah, it's correct. <laughs> from somebody who studied the Chicago Manual style and different um, aspects of editing people's work, because I yeah. do uh, edit British authors from time to time yeah. and Australian, no, sure. I will tell you, it's fine if you use the British um, spelling and like you know parentheses rules where I think they have uh, like punctuation goes outside the parentheses on like here and different things like that but he was correct because if the rest of your paper was in american english you can't have british english mixed in i mean you can depending on what it is but not in a scholarly it has to be consistent yeah not with like that kind of work yeah you're right but uh you didn't have to mark your own or anything he could have just told you yeah (laughs) but uh, no that is right if it it has to be consistent. Yeah. I can't remember if I was consistent or not. Can't mix and match rules. It'll confuse the reader. Anyway, number four, Earthy Powers by Anthony Burgess. At the center of the 800-page argument with Catholicism is Carlos Campanati, a priest who becomes cardinal, who becomes pope, God's representative on earth, and in between times beats up a Malaysian businessman. I like that. Sets about Mussolini's black skirt, black shirts, and then tortures a Nazi officer all before writing what is clearly Burgess's version of Vatican II, a liberal, welcoming, love-filled entity to bring all of Christianity back together. He is one of the few characters in literature whose size and moral certainty mean they can take on the powers of darkness with both rigorously argued sermons and great 
fleshy fist. I like that. It makes me think of Jesus fucking dudes up in the casino. <laughs> yeah. Just going through, busting ass and knocking balls. <laughs> right, dude. Yeah, this one, uh, I like this one just because like, the, there's a lot. Of, he touched on like so much different historical uh, shit in it. Like some of the events he... he he wasn't talking out of his ass. Some of these things happen. There, like you have like World War One. He touched on uh, influenza pandemic in nineteen eighteen nineteen. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, rise of fascist uh, Italy, Nazi Germany, World War Two, post colonialism in Africa. Those are all pretty interesting topics, you know. Yeah. And all in one book. I mean, that's and just that this is a novel. It's fi- it's fiction. You know, somebody was able to come up with all this shit is it's it's impressive to me like how some of these writers minds work and how creative they can get yeah anthony burgess was a pretty fucking unique dude too yeah and like how he how he's uh one of the things about this is that okay so the main character the protagonist and uh kenneth toomey he's 81 years old he tells story on his 81st birthday Mm -hmm. and uh, there was something else in there that was pretty crazy about it too that i i forget what the hell it was it had something to do with like the number 81 or something mm. like that. And i can't remember what it is now i read it on on a website another thing another theme about it though is that as you read through it the protagonist is considered like unreliable yeah and there's an unre- like unreliable narrator yeah and uh it kind of works like we studied this in history too like if you're talking like oral history you know, so say I interview a uh, a veteran from World War Two. Okay, that and I ask him about something that happened on D Day in nineteen forty four. You know what I mean? It, You're it's not going to probably get... not going to be completely accurate because yeah. your memory deteriorates. I know mine does within a goddamn week for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I think I thought that was pretty cool that and like the writer purposely includes mistakes to certain like historical events in it so you can see like uh that's not how that actually almost happened. comes across as somebody actually telling the story versus yes. the author doing shitload of research and telling fiction you know factual story yeah. well anthony burgess i mean that dude was pretty wild with like the way he went about writing for instance like a clockwork orange um i read that i think a couple years ago he created a whole slang language for that yeah, that's there's like a dictionary that. in that. It was crazy. Yeah, that like the amount of work he put he put into his work was astounding. Very creative. So I would imagine this was very well done. So I might actually I'm gonna I'm get on the list. Read, yeah, I'm definitely reading that. We gotta speed this up. We're 52 minutes into this bitch. <laughs> All right, number five: The Time of Angels by Irish Murdoch. I never heard of Iris Murdoch. Nah. She a pretty lady. Hope she's a lady. Could be the guy. <laughs> it's hard to say with some of those Irish folks. I'm assuming that's what this, per- yeah. this who this person is because a lot of them like Kelly. You think is yeah. a lady? Mm, might no. not be a lady. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> this is kind of death of God soap opera. Seven character struggle in varying degrees of torment to find meaning in a godless world such as the existential gloom. Most of the action takes place in an old rectory on an urban wasteland surrounded by fog. That even being decent in a struggle, even being decent is a struggle. Sorry, uh, too much tequila. 
Murdoch. Yeah, we only have a bottle down. Yeah. Murdoch seems to be saying that if the world dispenses altogether with God, the void will be taken up by the malevolent angels. On a separate note, she also seems to say that if we dispense with God individually, we will be forced to listen only to. What the fuck is that word, dude? <laughs> Is he a uh, Russian writer? T C H A I K O V S K Y. Tchaikovsky? Maybe when the listeners can yeah. call in. You've been warned. <laughs> yeah, folks, check this out in the show notes and uh, look up the pronunciation of Tchaikovsky, Tchaikovsky I would say. Tchaikovsky. Yeah, that, sound, that sounded good. My, my, my Russian, Ukrainian, any of that, like it sucks. Um, I really like the theme of this. And I think this is something you might have wanted to talk about earlier before we when we were talking off air. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, idea of what the world would be like if we got rid of religion altogether, yeah, and even maybe the idea of God, we would like to think it'd be like some kind of atheistic science culture and take over the world and be you know positive and everybody's just focused, you know. No more opposing views on certain things. Right. Or would it be the opposite? Would we have all kinds of people lost? They don't have a purpose anymore. They don't know. Because whether you like to admit it or not, religion gives a lot of people purpose in life. Yeah. It gives them direction. And it keeps them from doing fucking horrible atrocities. Well, that's like why. Committing like, horrible atrocities on like, the world. Yeah. And I, I feel like there'd be a lot of. There's already a lot of fucking anarchy in this world, but I feel like the entire world would be people that are lost, people that, you know. Religion gives communities structure. It doesn't give countries or government structure, but it gives community structures. And you can't have a government or a country without the communities that make it up. Yeah. And that's a a good way to put it. Because I was going to say, like, civilization, but you said it perfectly, communities and then... uh, communities multiply it makes it all starts from the ground up yeah so you know i've thought about like and we've all probably said like oh if we just didn't have religion it would be world peace because nobody would have anything to fight about we should all have shit to fight about that's very naive thinking but i would say certain aspects would be a lot easier if everybody just was on the same page i feel like the world would be a lot more boring like, oh, would you want to go to Japan or China? No Buddhist culture anymore or anything. Right. Nothing. Just just whatever they do. Like, so much, as we're reading now, brilliant work in literature and art. You know, think of the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. You think of well, fucking yeah. uh, some of the best music ever created. Religion was at its base. The story of man almost starts with religion. You can't tell a story without something that's already been told in a religion, whether that's and I don't want to just say, you know, Christianity. We're talking about modern religion, but, yeah. you know, the Greeks, yeah. Romans. Yeah. Like, there's those- so many myths that you can go back to. Everything before Christianity, there was always something. Yeah, exactly. And because I was going to bring that up. Yeah, the pagan culture, it gave them, I, like, a sense of community, a sense of structure. And uh, I feel like, and it is impressive to see what religion was before Christ. And then what it has evolved into Mm -hmm. today. I mean, to an extent, I think if let's just Christianity, for an example, if Jesus came back and just looked at some of the, you know, branches of Christianity as a whole, you know, Catholicism and Methodists, uh, Baptists, 
I think a lot of times he'd probably be disappointed in the way people worship and how churches are ran and this and that. That but, really goes back to the basis of what started the initial idea for this episode was I said something about, I forget exactly what it was, remind me if you remember, I think it was like something along the lines of religion, like not necessarily religion, but false religion ruining the world. Yeah, yeah, that's more of what it was. And you talk about evolution of religion and it's gotten to the point where it's almost, you know, my team versus your team. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, it was always that to a degree, but... You know, again, with social media and stuff, it's like, oh, I'm a Christian. If you're not, you're going to go to hell and burn and die and all this stuff. Can't tell somebody well, that. Well, I could see how Islam, okay, Muslims and Christians don't get along in a sense where they're not, I'm not saying go slaughter each other. I'm just saying, okay, you might disagree because they don't believe Jesus, mm-hmm. anything about Jesus. You know, they think he's a false prophet. But, uh, and Christians believe that. Muhammad is a false prophet. Yeah. Okay, so... Jews think neither of them were the dude. Yeah, exactly. I believe. But with Christians hating Jews and, you know, shit like that, it doesn't make sense to me because, the like we said at the beginning of the episode, or maybe we said it off air, I mean, the whole... Uh, that's how Christianity was created. Was yeah. By Jews. So without Judaism, you there is have no it. Christianity. So... Uh, I think yeah. I think that uh, the problem, and it goes with the uh, evolution of religion and where we are today, the issue lies with the rules of each religion. That's what's clashing now. Because we want to say, oh, like, you know, Jesus was a false prophet. Muhammad's a false prophet. prophet. But is that why you're bombing fucking buildings? Yeah. Is that, you know, is that why you're... Uh, shunning all gays and stuff no you're going for the rules yeah the rules clash you know a lot of the muslims almost want to have their women be uh servants to a degree exactly modern christians don't believe that anymore right it's why they even lash out at mormons because mormons want to marry more than one person right and moral the christian morals don't agree with that it's what it comes down to is individual morals and rules it's almost like the Jesus, Muhammad, God is an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. To a it's degree. more of like, and it's like just how proud people are of it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, like you said, it's the shit that should matter. You're okay. Like, how does what? How would something that you believe in terms of religion affect my relationship? It doesn't God? change it. It shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's just but you want somebody to believe what you get. believe. Yeah, because once you like show that hate, okay. I, you you say something that I don't agree with in terms of religion. I call you a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that kind of fucks up my relationship relationship with God, right? Or if I I say something, you come over and punch me in the face. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that would fuck up your yeah. relationship with God, right? And so I just feel like I feel like a lot of uh, religious people are very fucking confused. They definitely are. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, most religions have the same core values, though. Yeah, that's what's fucked up. Very similar creation yeah. stories and shit like that. Whether too. you're Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, Mormon, most of the teachings are be kind to people, love your neighbor. There, I mean, there's a question where like the which was the big thing with the Muslims is worshiping a false god. That that's where things get a little squirrely, things like that. But yeah. just like the basic, like I said before, the basic. Um, 
values of just what it means to be a good person. That's at the heart of most religions. That's yeah. almost why they started. Again, the community level. Yeah. It's a sense of community. And um, whether you want to admit it or not, most I would say all religion was started to a degree to make sense of a world we don't understand. And that goes back to the science debate and why people push back because I use climate change as an example because there's pushback even though the science is there. It's mm-hmm. kind of – you can't disprove it really. Right. Or if, if they could disprove it, you think it would be. Yeah. So with the science being there, you have the pushback from religious folks because they don't want to believe something that goes against their religion – and the only thing I can think of is like, God would protect you. Is that what it is? I mean, I don't see how that really yeah. influences Christians. No. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, honestly. it doesn't make sense to me. No, Again, why doesn't. can't science and religion coexist? They Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't my eyes besides, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah, never mind. Because evolution, to an extent, like, okay, like I can see how humans evolved. Mm-hmm. From a caveman to the, where we are now. The origin like, is what the, um, you know, what where the conflict arises yeah. or, you know, resides is because did God create us? Did we just come from nothing? Yeah. I could see both points. It doesn't make sense that we came from nothing. How do you come from nothing? Our human brains can't comprehend that. But at the same time, can they really comprehend some almighty being that created everything we know? That doesn't make sense either. So, we and, don't, the problem and, is... Yeah. With man's hubris, we just don't want to admit that we don't know. Exactly. We're scared of what we don't know. Again, that's and why that's religion started. Okay, like, let's say, I because I don't know what you believe on that, but we let's say we believe differently. I believe we were created by God. You believe we came from nothing, you know? To And uh, we're not calling each other fucking idiots about it. Yeah, not fighting I mean? about it. So I even in that sense, I don't, because I'll, I'll admit, I don't know. Well, if, see, I, if I knew, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's the way I think a sensible, logical person should react. And, um, I mean, not to brag, but this is how I think. <laughs> I don't, I believe we, you know, obviously I believe in evolution. And, you know, Earth kind of proves that we started somehow. We don't know exactly how we started, but we've got the science now to show that we came from something else. We like, even now animals are evolving before our eyes. So you can't say that's not a thing. Yeah. At the same time, like I personally don't believe we were just created by some almighty being, but if you proved it or, you know, if there was proof, I would 100% be like, okay. Yeah. Some people would be like, nope, still not, you know, like an atheist. Would right. be like, oh. I mean, I guess you'd say it's agnostic. I don't consider myself agnostic, but if you can, Prove something through science or other means, then I'm fine with it because yeah. I believe it's pot. If you go like not to go to you know uh, Ethan Hawkins, <laughs> Stephen Hawkins, <laughs> Ethan Hawk, yeah, because Ethan Hawk's the guy you want to you want to ask about um, <laughs> you know <laughs> physics and stuff like that. <laughs> That's the guy. No, uh, I don't believe Ethan Hawk's a physicist of any kind. Stephen Hawking, if you want to go that route, <laughs> and um, I don't even know what I was saying with that, it fucked me up. But anyway, if you just want to say, like, you know, the universe, there could be bubble universes, it could be infinite, it could have started somewhere, maybe the beginning of the universe is a lot farther and longer than we, or older than we know, because we can only see to a certain point. There's a yeah. lot of ways you can go with that. 
Maybe we never started. Maybe it was always always was. Yeah. These things we can't comprehend. It's just no. impossible. No. I mean, if you just look into space and realize that all those speckles, most of those are whole galaxies bigger than ours yeah. with suns that are bigger than everything we could ever like you just can't imagine it no so to say that and the, like, this is kind of where my also my um this disdain for relig- religion comes from is on an intellectual level if there was a god that created everything that doesn't like there's so much like the, you can't even comprehend what's out there so why would he be focused on us individually that doesn't make sense right I mean, it's just too in, big in in my in my mind. I mean, I I see I see your point, but I I don't know. I just it's hard for me to believe that all this shit just I don't happened. I can't say you know that it I mean? just ha- just happened because that doesn't make sense to me either. Right. But I why can't there like how do you know some there people, wasn't more than one god? Maybe you can go to like some anime shit maybe, and there's a yeah. god for each quadrant maybe, of the universe. Maybe there is. Yeah. You don't know. That's the problem, but I am comfortable enough in myself to admit that I don't know. Yeah. And if there's proof that there is something else, which it's not going to come in my lifetime, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then think and, about this, like just go back to Bob Lazar that we started with. If uh Aliens came and it was one hundred percent. Oh, these are fucking aliens. They're on yeah. TV. These are fucking Martians or some yeah. shit. You'd have people like it, and there and those aliens are like, well, no, this is what our religion is. This is yeah. People then there's gonna be a war and people are gonna fight that. And like, oh, I can't believe that. And that that again, the hubris of man. Like, why are you thinking that they're wrong? They came from outer space before you didn't even believe they existed. You thought we were the only life because yeah. God created us. Well, well, my dad brought that up too. He's like, you know, it's pretty, like, it's pretty fucking ignorant of humans to think we're the only one. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. St- so, I don't. Statistically, and I don't it doesn't fucking, make sense. I, I don't know for sure. I don't know if there's a, I believe there's a God. I don't, I can't, you'll never know until you're fucking dead. So, I mean, that's, that's the only way to find out. <laughs> so, uh, I study all kinds of theories because I like to have not necessarily just an answer for any kind of question religious or non-religious person may have, but just because I want to, for lack of a better term, weigh my options. Yeah. So I can believe that maybe there's more than one God. Maybe there's no God. Maybe we're the atoms of some fucking creature, like Men in Black style. Maybe we're marbles and just yeah. some big aliens rolling us. You yeah. don't know, and you'll never know. No. And I think that, again, that's why you should respect people's beliefs, because that's what they are. They're yeah. beliefs, and none, nobody can be right. Yeah, exactly. And if you're right, you're never going to be able to prove it. Yeah. The universe is too big. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to who's sending me dick pics. Men, are you sending me pictures of your wing? <laughs> I watched the Mr. Rogers trailer and I'm excited for it. Just want you to know. I saw it the other day. I did tell you. I told you Tom Hanks is new Mr. Rogers. I actually went and watched it. No shit. Every couple know. months, I like to watch a bunch of Mr. Rogers clips, not from the show. Yeah. I like to watch his video of him on the. Uh, you know, trying to get money for PBS back in the day against the Senate, who was 100% Trump-like, like, no, we're not doing that. And then they 
they were like, oh, we got to do it because it's Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And I watched a couple of them because it makes me a kinder person. Right. Because if there was a religious person, see, I'm like the segue here. Yeah, I brought it back yeah, around. I like huh? you. <laughs> if there like was that. a religious person anybody should envy and who should be a goddamn saint in every religion, I think, is Mr. Rogers because he 100% lived what he preached. No evil in that man. Right. He never heard, like, he fucking wrote. Yeah, every since, kid that wrote him a letter every day, he answered. I mean, come on. Yeah. And since you brought up uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, my girlfriend graduated uh, from Duquesne in May. Mr. Rogers' wife was there. Did a, did a speech and shit. It was pretty cool. She's fucking really nice, too. You gotta be uh, if you're married to Mr. Rogers. Uh, I mean, excellent people. Literally probably <laughs> the nicest guy who ever lived. I mean, that dude yeah, had to be seriously. a saint. Yeah. Like, other than maybe Mother be- Teresa, and I'm sure she threw a couple F-bombs out there, but come on. <laughs> Probably. Like, dude weighed himself every morning and made sure he weighed 143 pounds because that's how many letters are in I love you. Like, come on, dude. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. 143, I that, love you. Like, that's, Yeah, that's that's insane. Dude, like, there was a story where, uh, I could go on days, Mr. Rogers, but there, I'll tell you one more. There was a story where he had a limo driver, I believe it was, or a taxi driver. I think it was a limo driver pick him up to take him somewhere and he mr rogers being who he was was talking to the guy because he didn't care if you're gay or whatever you were he loved everybody just for who you are right which was the message which fox news fucking said he was equal for doing that making people really? believe they were special yeah i'll send you the youtube link later it was fucking disgusting yeah but um up. anyway he goes to the limo instead he goes to the limo driver's house and plays piano for his whole family all night and entertains them just no because shit. It, yeah it's that- like that's who does that? What celebrity? Uh, number does that? one, I'm impressed with your knowledge on Mr. Rogers. He's he's one of my heroes. Shit. Yeah, because no. I'm a very faulted human being, as most of us are. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Rogers is just one of those people where I look at when I'm I find especially when I, like because I, I get in the habit of you know you'll see I'll share shit on Facebook and usually it's just for laughs but sometimes I'll get too serious and I realize it's getting closer to hate than yeah. just constructive criticism on how the government or religion or anything works. And then I'll be like, you know what? I need a Mr. Rogers kick. I need to get knocked down and realize like, hey, you can love people that are of different opinions. Yeah. So I do that from time to time because I just feel you need that in your life. No, that's good shit. Because I, I feel like I, more times than not, I'm, I'm usually fucking pissed off about something. And, and it's unnecessary. Yeah, it weighs yeah. you down. It really it, does. It ruins your entire fucking day. If you get pissed off for 10 minutes, it might ru- It gets exhausting after a while. That's why you gotta think. Instead yeah. of what would Jesus do, what would Mr. Rogers do? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jesus. Jesus <laughs> went and he fucking... Did he beat up some fools in the casino? I mean, my, my, my fucking... <laughs> My stories are a little <laughs> off, but I'm pretty sure he went into a house of ill refute and beat up some folks or flipped tables or something. Like that Jesus, was a famous, yeah, a famous it, Jesus oh, story. He destroyed, he destroyed the, the temple. Mr. Rogers never because nobody. Yeah, Mr. Rogers but, didn't do that. No, nah. he would have just been like, "Hey, you just you're who you are. You like gambling, okay?" Miss, Mr. Jesus Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Jesus. <laughs> All right, we're getting we're getting a little crazy here. We're never going to get through this list. We're over an hour into this. It's going to be a long episode. Sorry, folks. Dude, Num- it's, I don't know. It's, it's fun, though. Number, oh, man, it's going to be a fun one to pronounce. Number six, The Last Temptation of Christ by Nikos Kazantasovskis. I may, I probably butchered that. I'm sorry. Kazantas... The T throws me off. Why yeah. is there a T in there, you damn Russians? The T and the Z together. Yeah. 
still better than some of the fucking Japanese I had to read on one episode. That was rough. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck you did that. I didn't do it well. Blasphemy number two. There is something elemental in this novel about the life of Jesus that is absent in the Gospels. And I would make this a set text for anyone studying the nature of Jesus as the fullest expression of the journey from carpenter to cross, from man to God. The last section of the novel, so reviled by fundamentalist Christians, is one of the most mysterious, imaginative, enthralling, and moving passages in all of literature. Holy fuck, that's a bold statement. It is, and I, for some reason, I thought set text said sex text. <laughs> Jesus, you're getting freaky. You know what? I really, I really, uh,. Like that idea that they pissed off the fundamental Christians because yeah. that's probably means this book is making some strong points. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you're pissing off anybody, usually, I mean, obviously it could be just a douche, but if you're this kind of work, you're probably uh, doing a good job. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Christians are always pissed off. Yeah, that's again the gets against the religion. Why are you pissed off? You're supposed to love everybody. Yeah, exactly, Mister Rogers, folks. <laughs> I do not envy myself later when I'm sober and have to fucking fill out the, uh, you know, the description and the notes for this. For when you go to the podcast and it tells you what the episode's about, yeah. it's gonna be long. But like, well, we talk about Mister Rogers here, but then people are gonna be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> you guys went crazy." But uh, I, I think it's interesting that uh, the main like element of the novel is uh, the life of Jesus that's absent from the Gospels. Because like you know, if you read the Bible when you read yeah, the there's Gospels, a, what, like a twenty year span. Well, maybe not that long. There, but there's there's a, there is a gap. And, yeah. Uh, well, isn't it, it from would, him like being a baby to like thirty or something? It's pretty long, actually. Yeah, there's a pretty yeah. So it might be like twenty, long. thirty years. Yeah. And when he died, thirty two. I can't remember what the fuck. It was. Well, well, he died like he was like thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah. They think. I mean, it, it's kind of a. I know it's somewhere between thirty three and thirty six. Which I'm just saying, back then that was kind of the average lifespan. He was all right. Yeah, yeah. People fucking assholes would much. hang you on a cross for walking in the desert and shit, like <laughs> trying to have a fancy dinner with a bunch of cool dudes, and then one of them snitches on you like a bitch, and then there you up on a cross for like a week. Like that sucks. Man, it's fucked up. Judas, you he dickhead. Was, he fucking he got it. He got him dinner. Yeah, he, he made, motherfucker told on him. Dude, you see how big that dinner was? Come on, man. You know how much that would have cost back then? Dude, that fucking bread looked good, man. Dude, the fucking goat or whatever they had, like, that was probably, like, somebody's fucking whole farm. Like, what are you doing? Right. Judas was, like, fucking cunt. Numbers. Yeah. I'm going to put that in the description. I try not to use the C word on here because people find that offensive, but Judas was a cunt. Should be the name of the episode. Judas was a cunt. <laughs> I like that. Number seven, Amasetter's Luck by William H. Gass. That's a great name, Bill Gass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is wild precision in Gass's... I feel bad for any of the authors at the end of this list because you're, you're getting all fucked over. We're not going you're over these two. Rip. Yeah. There is wild precision in Gass's rendering of the ravings of Reverend Jethro Ferber. If you know, if the dude's name is Jethro, he is uh, usually a creep. Yeah. It's just my experience, but let's go in. A kind of devil figure to Amonester's grace-touched goodness, Ferber is a Midwestern lagoo. Lago. Lago word? What the fuck does that mean? Lago? It's gotta be Lago. L-A-G-O? Yeah. I don't yeah, know what that means. Uh... Rare I come across the word I don't know, but I'm assuming that just means fucking weirdo from the Midwest. Is he that ne- an L or an I? Oh, it could be a capital L. 
Or I mean, a capital Y, Iago. It's got to be L. Fuck. Because it. That's definitely an I. Iago. Yeah. Midwestern Iago. I don't know. Maybe that's like a priest or something. Should look that up. I'm not yeah. gonna, but I should. He needs to. He needs no real reason for evil. In the end, like the Grand Inquisitor and the Brothers Karamazov, Ferber offers Amasetter a deal. It seems that if you can't destroy love, you can still run it out of town. I absolutely butchered that description. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I'm seeing for that fucking word is the fictional character in Shakespeare. Oh, that makes sense. A mid- Midwestern, Midwestern Yaga. I'm not okay, familiar yeah, with Shakespeare because yeah, I don't like reading them. Yeah, uh, it's a metaphor, sir. It's an Othello. Yeah. Is that a, myth- is that a metaphor? I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Metaphor like eyes or ice or something. Or, like a, I don't know, some sort of comparison. Right? It's a comparison. <laughs> some, dude, way too much tequila for fancy We're writers. Fucking that tequila. That's good ass tequila. Glad you brought that over. I, I had tequila and I kept making fancy drinks and then I ran out and I got this Jameson Stout edition, some gin, and then I got my fancy whiskeys. Too hot for fucking fancy whiskeys, dude. Dude, I can't drink whiskey in the summer. It, it makes you sick almost, right? Yeah, it's like even it's like a whiskey a sour or something. Yeah, winter. How the fuck do the southern southerners do it? Like the whiskey sours. I mean, I just maybe the fruit offsets it. I don't know. Number eight, the Spire by William Golding. I'm a big William Golding fan too, but I've not read this. I'm very sad that apparently I'm just missing out on some awesome work here. Yeah, I know. It has nothing to do the with the, yeah. It's not anything to do with the religious themes. I just haven't got to them. Visions from God often inspire us to build, whether it's to reach God to or contain Him. I don't know. And like Dean Jocelyn's new spire, we tend to do so without foundation. Who needs building regulations with God's instruction? Written in Golding Spares prose, this is a novel about spiritual and marital hubris, material hubris. Jesus. And let's remember it was the cost of rebuilding St. Peter's that led to the reformation. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That one doesn't interest me. Sorry, Mr. William Goldman. Golding. Uh, I'm glad I don't got to drive. (laughs) It's been a while since I got to have a lot of booze on a podcast. Spencer, he doesn't drink much. So we usually do a couple shots or I'll have a couple drinks, but that's it. Yeah. I had like eight of these. (laughs) Dude, that shit's fucking good, man. I, I don't remember last time I drank tequila. Okay, I did drink tequila on vacation last week, but <laughs> you don't remember last week. Maybe the tequila has something to I, do with I that. Had, I had a whole goddamn bottle of it <laughs> down there, but I mean, like that smooth, like yeah, it doesn't. Where like I'm not like fucking like hurting from it. I know? am incorrect. I said the anejo, but I thought it was a little light. It is the ros- reposado, reposado. I don't know. That's the medium one in between, because the Nejo is like cast age. This is the medium, which is in the cast, but I don't think it's age. Right. And then you have the uh, the normal one, which is clear. I'm not a big fan. Of, I mean, I don't have problem with clear tequilas. I just don't drink them straight. What I had on vacation was the Hornitos, the black barrel. Mm. It's aged in whiskey barrels. Yeah, that's what I like. That shit was... It's almost it, like it whiskey. Was a, it, it was a perfect... Like it's like a smooth because I I like I mean whiskey's my favorite type right. of liquor, and but I didn't want whiskey while I'm sitting on the fucking beach. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, especially in your Mexico, you gotta have tequila. Were you in Mexico? Is that, yeah, I was in the, uh, the Outer Banks. Uh, uh, so I got that a while back. My when you when, were in Mexico. when we were in Mexico, yeah. My fault. Number nine, Loris by Eugene Vadalaskin. 
a Picard-esque, Picard-esque, I think, in a fucking Captain Picard from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even watch Star Trek. I don't know what I, I mean. I don't watch it either. A Picard, I think picture-esque, right? But that's Picard-esque. Yeah. A Picard-esque magical realist novel set in 15th century Russia. Yeah, another Russian. Where ho- where holy fools talk like Californian surfer dudes. That's interesting. The end of the world is very nigh, and yet events from the next five centuries are breakthrough into the narrative, and where a s- aesthetic starvation and sleeping out in a cemetery during the Russian winter doesn't kill you. Moving, intense, and often funny, the novel's great achievement is taking us inside the medieval world of faith where God and holiness pervades all things what's so, up with this episode in russian winners um well i think i brought up way earlier you know where's a better time for christianity or deep jesus thoughts than fucking frozen ass russia in the <laughs> 1800s where everybody's miserable like that's what if religion also tends to fall on the most downtrodden yeah because you need hope right so you think of american slaves they needed hope because there was none around. They went with religion. Yeah. You think of Depression era factory workers. There's no hope. You're starving to death almost. You can barely afford to live. Maybe you're fucking homeless. What do you do? You think, well, life gets better when you die because you go to heaven. That like All these times and periods through history, it's always the downtrodden that are the most religion or well, most religious. Aside from the Vatican being in Italy. Ballers with their gold chains and shit. Well, yeah. That, but aside from them being in Italy, like, I don't know, like 99% of Italians are... Catholic? uh, Yeah. That's like Mexicans. And I'm Catholic. And Italian, for the most part. I mean, I have other shit, too. But, uh... Little touch of the gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I mean, a lot of Italians were poor. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why they came here. So, Isn't that why Mussolini took off so hard? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a shithole. It, Dictators it come basically, from broken countries. It basically still is a shithole. You know what I mean? Italy? I, I, I mean, it's pretty to go there. You know what I mean? But I'm like, Would you want to so, live there? In, like, southern Italy, like Calabria or Sicily and shit? It's very it's depressing still, because that's yeah. kind of the, most of that area, because think like the Mediterranean, because think of uh, Greece. They went bankrupt. Like, the whole country. Yeah, same way. Uh, beautiful country. Shithole. I mean, that's... You don't like to think of tropical places... Not necessarily tropical, but places like that as shitholes, but they kind of are. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, a lot of the uh, countries north of them are shitholes, too. Like, I mean, Albania is kind of a shithole. Yeah, you get uh, to some of those weird... Those, like, Balkan or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, Balkan countries. Yeah, yeah. they're fucked up for the most part or they were fucked up not too long ago a lot of the balkan countries i think it's because of uh failed russian states kind of like yeah yeah the far when they went down yeah soviet union went down it came uh, like like right out or right around the time the soviet union was uh collapsing like bosnia and herzegovina Mm -hmm. like the uh civil war that went on there that was all you know that goes all the way up to, like, Belarus. I mean, even the Ukraine's kind of shitty, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to what we consider nice, I mean, I'm sure there's there's obviously nice parts everywhere, but, I mean, you go to some of those countries, they are what we would consider kind of run down. Yeah. 
not second world is what they call that. Yeah, it's like middle of the road. Remember like, when they, the, they had the like Sochi Olympics it was, and it was a dump? Yeah, like either it was shitty not too long ago or it was real nice and it's starting to get shitty. Yeah. It, that's kind of like where all they all of them fall right now. But like maybe in 20 years, maybe some be. of them will be fucking first world countries. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, that's what we'd hopefully. like to see. Yeah. But this last one, I I mean, I don't even really know where what the weird combination. Well, you can shit. read this one if you mm-hmm. want. I read them all. This is the this is an Irishman, I believe, Flannery O'Connor. I you you can finish it off. Number ten, <laughs> a good man is hard to find by Flannery O'Connor. I'm just not trying to slur my words. <laughs> Blasphemy number th- no, fail. <laughs> Blasphemy number three. Can it be true that towards the end of the extraordinary short story, for a brief moment, God incarnates himself in a prattling, selfish grandmother? Whoa, wait a minute. That, for some reason, God decides to become a direct witness to an individual's suffering. Oh, fuck, I hit something. Sorry, I highlighted a word. Oh, no! I clicked on a button and I went to a big picture of Jesus. (laughs) And his abs are glorious. Holy fuck, I lost it. Do you... You want me to finish reading it? Yeah, I'm like literally on some. Oh, to an, it the, sent me to their donation page. Oh, really? Okay, so where was that? <laughs> to an individual suffering, but not of the woman whose family has just been murdered and is about to be killed herself, but of the but of the psychopath who, in this moment, realizes his distance from God. Nice. There are a few more moving lines in all literature than those spoken at the very end by grandmother few more mom wait few more moments more devastating when we realize it will make no difference if god is dead it's because the misfit shot him i don't know what the fuck is going on here i, I do mean, you notice that most of these stories involve god being dead yeah it's almost as if people are questioning the existence of god but because of their upbringing or religious beliefs they can't believe that god didn't exist to begin with so they have to believe that he died or doesn't care about you anymore right and that's worse in my opinion yeah because imagine some benevolent creature of some sort some creator rather than creature creature sounds like a monster (laughs) so some benevolent creator who loves you no matter who you are and what you believe, unless you're gay, apparently, according to Christian Bible, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) who loves you and cares about you, all of a sudden just stops caring. Yeah. Like, that would be like a parent disowning you for no reason. Yeah. Or maybe because your life choices, or maybe because something you had no choice in. Maybe you were born gay, and now what do you do? That would be horrible, because think about that. Like, gay people who were brought up in, like, an evangelical religion, a Christian religion, you're raised to believe that God hates you for how he made you be born. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, that's where, uh, that's where shit kind of gets like fucked up with, cause how do we know what we're reading is truly like the word of God? We believe, like, I believe it is, but well, history has shown that a lot of it's man-made yeah. because there was revision. Yeah. And, well, like the Catholic Church leaving out half, more than half the fucking books that were actually written. Again, they're in there. They and have them, fucks, release them. So what's really in there? You That's know where these I mean? Area 51 idiots should storm. Yeah. Don't storm st- Area 51, well, storm the Vatican. shit about the Vatican? Like, they, there's a girl disappeared 
in the Vatican in like 1980 something or 70s or 80s. She's lost she's in the like, labyrinth or she's like 13. She's like 13 when she disappeared or some shit. Oh, that doesn't sound good. They somebody knew what happened and sent her parents like a clue of where I, I don't know why. Like, why didn't you just go tell them where the fuck she was? Like, she got killed and was buried like in some plot of land in the Vatican. So, like, they're investigating this whole goddamn... They're investigating... Wait, is that the Catholic story Church. I just read about them finding a whole bunch of bones? Yeah. My dad just told me about that. It's fucked like, up. Two, Wasn't it, like, like kids' bones, ago. too? Yeah. It, like, because they, they were digging up that girl, and they now they found hundreds of... Shit. So... Well, it makes sense. That's where, like, like I said, I believe... Disposing of evidence, probably... Well, that, yeah, and obviously there's a major fucking issue going, hey, maybe some, maybe they found ancient fucking bones before it was built, yeah. but I highly doubt it. <laughs> I mean, that would, they, yeah. Can I spit no out a way. super hot take real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What if the Catholic Church and most major religions were birthed by Satan? What if it was a means to control people? I think that's actually maybe like, like the I don't know if it's the satanic religion, but something along those lines. There's a religion that believes that I think, but like most modern religions stem from the devil taking over the religion to control people, which kind of makes sense because if you want to control people, I think it would have probably more to do with politics and stuff like that. But that'd right. be a way because but I'm sorry, I mean, that is some evil shit. That's an interesting thought. I, I never thought about that before. Either way, but, yeah, if I mean, you're like fucking priest or not just diddling kids but murdering them to. You know, yeah. lose the evidence. That's See, fucked up. I think a lot of these priests, number one, you can't get married. You can't have sex. You can't do... You, you know what I mean? You can't why? do anything. And I think they become, like, fucking deranged. But also, it's like a control thing. I think a lot of them are control freaks. They yeah. need to be in charge of shit. They need to have this power over people. And that's where... It starts. Not only are they judging the fuck out of you all the time mm. and looking at you like you're some... Like, you're fucking Satan. They're, you know, they're, uh, now they get into molesting kids and fucking obviously killing people. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're attracted to little boys, and I mean, I know this stems from a lot of times in religion, like, Catholic religion, um, because I think they've done studies where if you get molested, you're more likely to become a molester. Mm -hmm. So, maybe that's where a lot of these cardinals and priests and stuff stem from. But at some point, like, why did these priests start doing that to begin with? Because it's not just not having a woman. You don't have sex for a long time with a lady. You're not yeah. just like, well, that little well, boy yeah. looks good. Yeah, like, that, that's right. not a yeah. thought that comes across yeah. your mind. Yeah, that's not, that's not maybe what I'm trying you, to say. Maybe you seek it out. Like, obviously, they've thought of it. Before. Maybe it's like the uh, Muslim like religion with those dance boys or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like in the culture at some point, and then, you know, you get into it because, like, oh, I'm into this. That's how I can do, you know, disgusting yeah. things like that and get away with it. You, so you, it's like a and you pedophile know ring. Even more fucked up that, like, like, my entire family's Catholic, you know? So, like, my grandparents would tell me, oh, you should be an older boy. And I, I'd say, fuck no, no. I'm not being an older boy. I wouldn't. You're out of your goddamn mind. And that's fucked up to say that because you know, like, that shit happens. I'm not saying any of the priests did that shit to the churches I belong to, but, mm. I mean, you don't fucking know. Dude, the one right in town got yeah. thousands of kids. My dad was an older boy there. This is not a big fucking city. 
But it's not Pittsburgh. Like, what? What do we have? Fifty thousand people at most, or something? Like, that's crazy. That there was thousands of kids molested. Yeah, I mean, I I can't remember any proofs on my way uh, getting that, but uh, just all over the place. You know what I mean? Just uh-huh. like so close to home, and that's I think that's why. Like this time, I'm just like because I I remember skipping church when I was younger and shit, but yeah. I, I, now it's like I'm purposely. You don't want to go. Yeah. Don't blame you. No, because it's like almost it's fucking shameful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost like it's not shameful to believe in God and shit. I'm just saying going because of that. They covered it up for yeah. hundreds of fucking years. This was they're like, still getting away with it in a lot of places. Yeah, they just ship it's these cardinals to other places. Yeah, just transfer them where. Oh yeah, all of a sudden they're gonna fucking stop after they've been a serial rapist for fucking thirty Jesus. years. It's disgusting. Yes, makes you fucking sick. <laughs> But to turn things back to the discussion at hand, a couple books I would recommend for this list that weren't in that top ten, which was a fine top ten. Yeah. Very good articles. The Guardian, so they're a little more professional. Right. I would include East of Eden by John Steinbeck. That was one of the few religious-themed books that really touched me mm-hmm. because it was about the morals of uh, not just man, but um, it was kind of like the Adam and Eve, not the Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel story right he, he even used the like the names of like the character names would be c and a okay Cain yeah. and abel yeah so and then the mother was a whore and like but it was literally a full family's lifespan that was told in the story and it was done so beautifully and it was one of the most touching books i've read in a long time it was definitely my favorite steinbeck book and it's apparently controversial controversial for a lot of people. I'm not sure where the controversy lies. I didn't see anything that was demeaning towards religion or anything. But um, you think it's Steinbeck. You think of Grapes of Wrath. and right. uh, trying to think what... I, Mice and Men would be another yeah. one. But that was a little, I wouldn't say that was a full book. That was only like 100-something pages, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, those, those are the works you mainly think of Steinbeck. But I think East Eden was his masterpiece, personally. Yeah, because I read almost all of his book. Winter of Discontent I haven't read yet, so that might be up there. But anyway, I would include that and, as we talked off air, the Divine Comedy. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Not just because you're Italian, because that's a fucking... I mean, that's it's kind a of fucking the, masterpiece. Yeah, that, but I think it wasn't included on this because that almost falls into myth. Well, that too, and because I, maybe I... Get, like mythology, I, of, I guess because like he's on like that, like rule in like the spiritual realm. You know what I mean? Well, doesn't that have either Roman or Greek themes in it? I want to say it's more Roman. Right? Isn't it the? Uh, maybe I'm confusing this with something else. I apologize if I do. I thought like when he goes through the layers of hell, he there. I mean, what's the name? Dante Alighieri. Alighieri. Um, doesn't he like besmirch certain people from his time period? Yeah, into the th- and I think they were like you know generals or whatever. Yeah, but um, I again I think they were Roman, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I believe so. he was very critical of Rome. I yeah, think I believe so. I haven't I haven't actually read the Divine Comedy yet. I it's an, it's I have since, it. I just haven't got to it because I'm trying to remember because mm. I haven't read. I, like I bought the one edition yeah. of it. And I still haven't. Oh, it's split, right? The Divine Comedy and Dante's Inferno, right? Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Because the Dante's Inferno is his trip through hell. Yeah. 
I'm doing a very terrible job of fucking narrating this. I'm sorry, folks, but uh, or explaining this rather. But um, I actually know the, the story. <laughs> um, I watched a movie called it's on Netflix. Actually, you should check this out. You'll really like it. It's a horror movie. Most people hated it because they didn't understand it. Yeah. It's about this uh, explorer lady and these people. She gets these uh, French. I forget what the term for them is, but they're like urban explorers. That's probably the term. You know, they, but they explore the catacombs. She's looking for. I don't want to give away any story plot points, so I'll just say it's a religious relic. And um, she points it to the Paris ca- uh, catacombs. It's called. I want. It's a fucking weird name. Um, As above, so below. I think is the name of it. And she goes into it, and they go to the Paris Catacomb, and all this fucking freaky shit happens. Right. But it's not just, like, ghosts and monsters and stuff like that. What it is is they're actually – it's Dante Inferno's story being told. They're going through the layers of hell. Yeah. And then at the end, they come out, and it's the reverse. Like, because that's how it ended, right? He comes out and is on the opposite side of the world or something like that. Like, right. some crazy. Not the opposite side of the world, but it's like he went down, and you can't go back up. You have to go – down some more until you go up it's something yeah, fucking yeah, weird yeah yeah i get it's I hard to explain yeah but that's how this is told and it's fucking excellent and has strong religious themes that aren't down your throat right. i think you'd really like that movie yeah what was it called again i think it's called as you know what i'm gonna look it up because it's a. it's it's a some of it's in french too as above yeah as above so below it's a 2014 film it was on netflix last time i watched it but I think you'd really enjoy that. But it's, yeah, it's pretty much out. the telling of Dante's Inferno, Inferno in a modern lens. It's really good. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out. Sorry, I had to type that in my phone. Make sure. Yeah. So I could check that out. But, uh, yeah, I felt like uh, the, the Divine, Divine Comedy should be Yeah, that should have been. I don't know but why may, that wasn't. Maybe because like it's so popular to you know what i mean because it's i almost wanted to say it's on the basis uh it's on the kind of level of the odyssey or the iliad because wasn't that a poetic was it written in poem form too that's probably why it wasn't because like they were like uh the iliad and odyssey were considered like epic poems Mm -hmm. i believe yeah they were epics yeah and uh those things are fucking masterpieces but anyway i think that's because yeah it was in poem form Dante uh, wrote it in. That's one of the reasons why I haven't gotten to reading it too, is because you have to be in the right mind frame for that. Oh yeah, definitely. But I can see why they might have, you know, he might have left that off this list. But I think uh, East Eden should have been on there. I don't know why that wasn't. Yeah, I'd... because that was unless it's not classical enough for him. Because they didn't say the dates for the no. Because Anthony Burgess was on there, and he they was were, definitely like, more modern. A lot of them were like. Late 1800s. Yeah, but like Anthony when, Burgess but, was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I don't but know... I, I know a few of those books. Like, because I, I wouldn't consider that, like... Like, 1800s, I wouldn't consider that too fucking, like... I mean, it's classic all, literature, but yeah. I wouldn't say that's... Uh, well, that's, I mean, the list wasn't classic literature. It was yeah, just literature. So. Right. I'm trying to think of some other uh, novels that or I maybe, can include on that list, but I'm not quite sure. Um, I was trying to think of some Hemingway, but I mean, he has, he might have religious themes in some of his, but I wouldn't classify any of his work as, uh, being overtly religious of any means. Um, maybe East Eden wasn't included on the list because it was, these are, seemed to be directly about God or the lack of God. Right. And 
I feel like East of Eden was uh, more a telling, like I said, of Cain and Abel. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that does, but but it was very strong religious themes. Obviously, I mean the fucking name of the book is East of Eden. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I I like the list. There's a lot of lot of shit to get reading though for me. You know what I mean? I got it. I I'd like to say I'm gonna read them all, but I'm probably not. <laughs> no, I what I what I'm definitely reading though is the uh, Earthly Powers one. That's yeah, probably gonna be the first one I read, and then uh, what's the other one? Uh, the brothers uh Karamazov. yeah um i'm gonna see here's my problem i because dr completely divert from religion i'm reading the shining and then i'm gonna read dr sleep because the dr sleep movie which is the sequel to the shining yeah is coming out in november so i want to read oh, both really? of those because i as much as i talk about stephen king i actually haven't read a lot of his work okay so i'm reading those but um, after that, I got the uh, – I always forget this fucking word. Trictology? A series of four? Yeah. I don't know if that's the word, but uh, it's uh, Yukio Mishima's Sea of Fertility series. I read the first one, and it was excellent. So I finally ordered the other – I talked about this on a previous podcast. I ordered the other three. So I'm probably going to read those back to back to back. Right. And then once I'm done with that, I want to jump into Anna Karenin. And, uh, see, here's my problem, though, because October comes around, I want to finish that Poe collection we we're talking about, too. Yeah, for sure. And there's just too much fucking reading to do. Like, I don't have enough Dude, time. Dude, there's so much. I, I wish I was a, like, superb speed reader with, like, photogenic memory. I got so many fucking books that I need to read. <laughs> but I just haven't had time. Right. Lately, you know. If I didn't I mean? have a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if yeah. I could sit around all goddamn day, yeah, but. I write too, so that's another problem. Like, <laughs> I try to write stuff and read. And I haven't wrote in a while. You that's need to get on that. Thing. Yeah, no, I want to. I need to get back into it because I don't want to lose it. Though. You know what I mean? You it's definitely easy to lose. You definitely lose. You get rusty. Yeah, and then you just hate everything you do, and it gets so hard to get well, started again. That's that, that happened to me a few months ago. I tried yeah. writing something, and I was just fucking blank and so bad, and so I was cool. like, "Fuck this." I got frustrated, but I got to get out of it. Yeah. I got to get on that that website, that Trello site. Yeah, yeah you got to get on I haven't Trello. been on that motherfucker in a while. It makes you feel bad. We haven't updated that in forever because me and uh, Spencer have uh, been doing other projects. Yeah. Um, we definitely haven't been updated. Yeah, actually, this is a good segue to end this episode because we're only two hours, the longest episode yeah. we ever had. <laughs> um, <laughs> folks. If you want to hit us up, you can go to drunkenpenwriting.com. We have a contact page, and we are now accepting donations, which go to not just funding the site and the wonderful podcast you're listening to, but future projects and a current project we are working on, which is a horror anthology. You will enjoy that, trust me. So check out the donations page. You can hit us up on Twitter at drunkpenwriting. You can go to Facebook at drunkenpenwriting.com. And we might respond to you, maybe not. I don't. I need to hire a guy for that. I don't like to pay attention. We have <laughs> we have a Goodreads page, which uh, somebody moderates. That's not me. And then, uh, um, you can go to Instagram and look up Big Fat Booties. We're not on there, but I just implore you to look up Big Fat Booties because that's what we do. And um, do it. thank you for listening. Like I said, Mr. Dominic Welsh, 
Thanks our for, special guest today. Thanks for having me, man. I you are it. welcome, and I hope you jump on some episodes in the future here. And sorry uh, if we got too far off topic a few times. Well, the tequila helps with that, but yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I wanted a more serious episode, though, for our listeners, because usually we try to keep things light, but you guys, you get craving the serious episode, so we're giving it to you. <laughs> anyway, you have a wonderful evening, or morning, day, I don't know where you are. We have listeners in South Africa, India, Istanbul... I think there's one guy in the Ukraine. His name is Raji. He sounds like Indian, but he's not. I don't know. <laughs> Sends his dick pics all the time. Asked to see our Vagine and Bobs. I'm not sure what that <laughs> means, but anyway, Raji, if you're listening, shout out to you. Check you folks later. See you later.